This podcast is sponsored by Advantage Digital. Advantage Digital's lending and financial performance management solutions are designed to unlock your credit union's digital potential. Unlock your digital potential at advantage.digital. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Not all fintech disruptors are startup companies. In fact, some have been around for years. Fintech disruptors are organizations that operate with the mindset of continuously improving things through technology innovation, says Michael Herman. I'm Jennifer Plager, Managing Editor with CUNA News. I recently spoke with Herman, President of Advantage Digital. Herman spoke about what qualifies a provider to be called a fintech, what the future of disruption may look like, how credit unions can prepare today for the challenges of tomorrow, and more. Michael, before we get too far into the discussion about fintech disruptors, can we talk about the term fintech? It can be somewhat nebulous. What qualifies a provider to be called a fintech in your mind? So, Jennifer, that's a good question. I think you'd ask different people, you might get some different answers here. To me, I think the truest sense of the term, it's a provider of financial technology, and we can all agree to that. However, I think it goes beyond that. It's really the mashup of the words that signify the term's place in the innovation culture. And when I think fintech, I think about innovation, I think about disruption. So it's an entity that carries that mindset, continuously improving things through technology innovation. And the other sort of misnomer that I see out there is people tend to think of a fintech as a startup. And I think I like to dispel that myth as well. It can be an 80-year-old company like CUNA Mutual Group that I'm a part of, right? And we're carving out teams and making investments into financial disruptive financial technology. And if you're devoting resources to that movement, I think you can qualify yourself as a fintech. When we think about that definition, not all fintechs are competitors to credit unions, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. We tend to think of fintechs as falling into one of three categories. You've got fintech friends, fintech foes, and then you've got a hybrid of the two as well at times. Fintech friends aim to really extend the strength of the credit union's model and the value prop of the credit union. So they're looking to enable credit union innovation through their offerings. Fintech foes aim to exploit the weaknesses of the traditional financial institution model and the value prop that's common to credit unions. And then the friend-foe hybrids, they can fit both those. They may at first blush feel like a foe, but with the right relationship and the right partnership and placement of their solutions, they could become a friend of the credit union and they could even participate in the investment. The credit union could participate in the investment of those companies over time. So for example, Vistar Credit Union invested in Zest AI. Zest AI identifies good borrowers that are often overlooked by competitors and Vistar participated in an $18 million capital injection in June of this year into Zest AI. So that's an example. So another example would be Viridian's partnership in Alacrity. This is a cloud-based payments and money movement service. And they're using the fintech's platform to enable real-time payments through the clearinghouse network. Where does something like PayPal fall on that friend-to-foe hybrid continuum? Great question, Jennifer. I saw a survey recently from a co-op financial services that was fairly eye-opening. 
Among the credit union members that responded to this survey, nearly a quarter of them chose PayPal as their most trusted financial brand. Now talk about a, a smoke signal there, right? Now, keep in mind, PayPal owns Venmo as well, which is forging some really strong bonds with younger members for a few key reasons. First of all, the ubiquity of the brands. It's hard to find someone who doesn't have it or isn't willing to take the three minutes to download it. And it's just so easy. And there's just no barriers really or no friction in adopting the solution, particularly after COVID-19, which is for so many non-tech minded consumers to give these technology solutions a shot. The convenience of it is the second point. You can pretty much be anywhere and make a person-to-person payment in any setting. And then they're also injecting those offerings into retailers, including CVS, which is now accepting Venmo payments directly into their stores. And then lastly, they've socially connected the offering. There's a social element to it. They use an emoji effect really well. And that every time you send money or move money, there's a playfulness into the experience that makes what's normally a very routine and boring transaction. And they bring it to life in a friendly way. So that creates this cultural element that can lead to you know, FOMO, as my kids would tell me, that you know, they want to be a part of this uh, cultural element of it as well. Venmo also has a credit card for the non-mobile crowd. And PayPal even lets customers open a savings account. Or more recently, they've even allowed for crypto accounts and to do crypto transactions now. So they're going further and further with the offering. Just this month, actually, PayPal announced that it was partnering with Fiserv to enable paycheck deposits into Venmo. So now you're really getting the sense that they're after more than the Gen Z and the millennial crowd. They're looking to link the full financial service suite together into their offering. It sounds like they fall into that full category. Not necessarily. My Venmo account that I use, I actually have linked into my credit union account. So you can move money into your FI. So they're making the transaction, the traditional FI transaction, they're just making it more accessible through their offerings. If you think about it that way, they're actually expanding the reach of the credit union's core account. And although the credit union may be limited by the terms and rules of engagement with Venmo, I do have a sense that If something goes sideways with a Venmo transaction, my credit union's going to stand by it and and make it right. So I think that the partnership and where they play in the ecosystem with the credit union doesn't necessarily make them a foe. It can actually extend the reach, the value prop of the credit union through that Venmo transaction. I think the key to all of this is just not hiding our head in the sand. We've got to be aware of the movement. It's not going to change the digital payment ecosystem overnight. So the strategy becomes, how do we enable members to engage with this new movement of fintechs? And how do we connect to it? So from the credit union space, it's all about becoming a part of that community and bringing our value prop into play with the enablement that the fintechs are bringing to market. Michael, as we look ahead, what does the next PayPal look like? The next PayPal will likely be a brand that no one knows, something we haven't thought about as we sit here today, one that operates behind the scenes in the the shadowy world of embedded finance. And this is where a lot of the movement and investment is happening right now. And there's such deep rail, such deep infrastructure in the financial space that what you're seeing now is folks looking to disrupt those deep rails that everything runs on. So I'm thinking of a company like Walnut out of Toronto, 
This is a startup that's helping all kinds of companies embed insurance products into their apps. So connecting different parts of the financial services ecosystem into an experience. So you can be with a credit union, with a mobile app, looking to expand your engagement with members. And with a slick little API, we can now pop anything we want into that experience. You can have a little pop-up cyber insurance experience that drops into your banking experience and brings you a life insurance offer right there while you're logged into your banking experience. And they really nailed the playfulness concept, going back to that, for a non-traditional crowd. So they might not have the emojis and the social feeds yet, but they're bundling some things in a way that's not boring. It's taking boring insurance products like life insurance and bringing it to life in a meaningful way. Embedded finance, I think, is another space here to watch. So it gives consumers an easy and seamless way to deposit, save, borrow, all right at the time of purchase or the time of consumerism. It's different, right? So we see this mainly in payments today with things like Starbucks. I know my kids, they're constantly moving money into their Starbucks app and they're doing it through their Starbucks app. That's where they're transacting their commerce and moving money off of their bank account. So it lets them pay in in one swoop. McDonald's just rolled out a similar app, right? Where it's essentially letting you skip the financial institution as part of your experience, You don't need to use your credit card every time you swipe and see the MasterCard brand or see your FI's brand. You've simply embedded that mechanism into the experience. So I think there's going to be a lot more disruption here, and you're going to see a lot more happening with this embedded finance area. That'll go to lending as well. And we see that all the time now. I I bought a Peloton a couple of years ago, and it was amazing how they embedded the financial experience into my buying experience in such a seamless way. So the traditional journey where a consumer needs to go in and understand their intention to borrow ahead of time, go through a loan process with their FI, you're going to see that brought closer and closer to the act of consumerism and and the actual buying event as well. What's the credit unions play in this world of embedded finance? Well, the way I see it, it's likely going to be uncomfortable for some, but I see it moving more to a banking as a service offering. And the credit union is going to be providing their services, not just to their members, but out into the broader experience offerings that are out in the marketplace. So it's a model that will essentially reposition the credit union as software providers handling the back-end services, but they're going to hand the member relationship over to these consumer experience brands. And that'll allow for space for both the fintechs and the new experiences that are coming to market but they also need an FI underneath that to be the holder and the custodian of the traditional financial capabilities. I can see how a lot of credit unions could find that an uncomfortable position. Are there any ground softening or baby steps that credit unions can take now to make this type of market position more palatable when the time comes? Absolutely. First of all, I'd say start out by getting really smart and proactive about your data and digital strategy. You can't be passive. You've got to be looking forward with this. And that may require hiring some new people, reskilling your credit union in some ways, and looking to form new partnerships. Second, I think working with or investing in fintech firms that are pointed in the direction of embedded finance that I've been talking about, understanding this banking as a service model and looking to build the experience in your group to be able to stand up software solutions that work with credit unions. That's going to be really important. Our team has found three secrets to success when it comes to partnering with fintechs. First of all, 
strategy first. So put a name to the problem or opportunity you want to tackle. Otherwise, you're going to risk distraction and there's just so much going on out there that it's going to become difficult to make progress because it becomes analysis paralysis, if you will, at some point. So don't find a banking as a service partner just because they're a banking as a service provider. What can they do for your credit union and your member today that also puts you in a position to learn the ins and outs of banking as a service from them? Second, investigate friends and foes. Narrow down the list of fintechs actively working to address that problem or opportunity and and understand if they are a friend or a foe. And one thing you might consider if resources are tight is to put board directors to work or even host a mini fintech expo and let startups come in and, and show you what they've got. Be curious. Learn into this space by engaging those out there. They're going to welcome that engagement. And lastly, I'd say look for co-creation opportunities. Look to partnerships with fintechs that have a culture of co-creation that invite you in, invite you into their product development lifecycle, want your voice at the table with them. This could be a, a beta program. It could be an investment opportunity that you could have. An equity stake tends to equal greater input into the roadmap or the solutions that the fintech is providing. And this is really one of the best ways to engage fintechs. They're looking for investors and the investors naturally carry more weight. And can we assume that one of those co-creation opportunities may very well be with your company, Advantage Digital? Absolutely. It certainly is. The credit union partners that have launched Advantage Digital Lending Solution are 100% co-creators with us. That's true to our analytics offerings over the years as well. And it goes beyond just our beta clients. We're very intentional about our approach to product development, and it hinges on continually seeking feedback from the marketplace, from our credit union partners, from the members and consumers using the offerings. And we want both quantitative feedback and getting survey results and things that we can put numbers to, but the qualitative feedback from users and staff, really getting underneath their engagement in the experience and how we can bring more value to our offerings is really critical to what we do. We'd love to talk to any credit unions interested in exploring opportunities with our fintech. And anything we're forgetting, Michael? I think we covered a lot of ground here. It's moving fast. And I appreciate the opportunity to dive in and explore this a little bit with you. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Advantage Digital. Deliver an optimized loan application process for your members. Reduce loan abandonment rates, boost income, and increase efficiencies. Advantage Digital partners with you every step of the way. Unlock your digital potential at advantage.digital.